Hello everyone, my name is Craig, and it's a joy to be an elder on staff here at Riverside and to see you all. And so welcome to everyone that's joined us with Riverside Online and all of you who are here in person on this wonderful Sunday in January. Parents, uh, I don't know, are you excited that the school term is starting next week? All right, I see already some kids are nodding or shaking their head, teachers. You know, a wonderful time of the year as we packed away Christmas stuff. Hopefully your trees are down and you've reorganized your house after all the, the chaos that is often the Christmas holidays. But uh, I don't know about you guys, but my social media feed has been choked full of everybody reflecting on the past year uh, and looking ahead at the new year, thinking about all the changes that they're wanting to make, and they've been commenting on those things. If you listen to the radio, uh, also so many programs are just people talking about what changes you should make, uh, what's a good change, what's a bad change, and it's always good to reflect on where we're at as people, where our lives are at, what changes we want to make. And I'm guessing because you're here, and I apologize if you're here against your will, but if you're here, you also think about your spiritual life. And there's some changes that you are desiring, and there's some things that you want to see in your faith as well as 2022 unfolds. But as I've spoken to many of you, the same thing is uh, evidence in your lives and is a trend right across the world. The last two years have been so disruptive to our lives and our faith that pretty much if you're a believer, you haven't had a choice, you can't really pinpoint it, but because of how disruptive everything has been, you've gone backwards in areas of your life. That you're not where you want to be, you're not where you were, and that's caused you some frustration, that's caused you some pain. But because we love Jesus and because we have this incredible Savior, because of how good He is, because of what we celebrate with the death and resurrection of Jesus, His defeat of our greatest enemies, sin, shame, and death, we want to engage with the Father. We desire to experience all that He has, but we can't quite put our finger on when things kind of went a little bit wrong for us over the last few years, but we desire to get back to where we were. But with all the disillusionment, with where our country's at, with everything that's disrupted our lives, we're exhausted. We're just going, how? How do I get back to where I was? How do I get back into all that God has for me? How do I engage with the Savior who loves me that I love so much? And so, like an athlete or a runner who has injured themselves, there is a process that that athlete goes through to recover. They enter a time of rehabilitation. And that starts with them assessing where they're at. And I love this phrase, they, they lean in, they put a bit of weight on the leg. How much uh, can my leg take? Okay, it can take a little bit of weight. And so I go for a short few steps and I take a few steps more. And okay, so now I can put the crutches down. Now I can walk around the block and now I can go for a little bit of a run and I can run a little bit further and I can exercise it and put more weight on it. And through that process of healing and rehabilitation, just leaning in more and more and more, we see that the runner gets back to where they were. And if not stronger, 
than where they were before their injury. I've been uh, processing and reading a fascinating book called Atomic Habits, which breaks down how to form healthy habits in our lives. And part of the premise of the book is we want to bring change to our lives. We want to see healthy habits, but we often pick things that are uh, too big, and we're not conditioned to make even small changes in our lives. So we fail at some of the big changes, and we don't give enough uh, credit and value to what a 1% gain in our lives could look like over time. And the compound effect of small changes ends up giving us so much momentum into the changes we want to make in our lives. And so as we introduced the series Lean In last week, we looked at some of the disciplines and some of the things that we have to help us engage with our loving Savior. And so we must never underestimate the value of somebody who isn't reading Scripture to reading Scripture even once a week. That if enough believers are just leaning in more to reading God's living and active Word, the compound effect of that is going to be life-changing for a community. And don't think that you are failing as a Christian if you move from not praying to praying once a week. That is a massive change over time, the significance of moving from not praying to praying. And so that's how we recover from the disruption of the last few years. We just lean back in. And so even if the change is minuscule, it's still change, and you're still better for it. And so we lean in, and then we lean in a little bit more. And so if you missed last week's message, it is up on our social platforms. And this is what our desire is for all of us as a church. As we think about changes, as we think about what to, to, how to behave and, and uh, what changes to bring to my life in this new season in the beginning of the year, we want you to think about these words, lean in. How do I begin recovering in my faith after the damage the last two years has had in my life? And so as we looked at some disciplines last week, this week, I want us to think about leaning into this thing called church. Now, there's some crazy stats, and uh, I enjoy stats. They reveal a lot. And so there's this uh, Christian stats organization called the Barna Group, and that's all they do is look at trends and figure out dots to help the church in what's going on in the world. So... One of the stats which is frightening is think about the global church attendance pre-pandemic, right? We never had that phrase, but we now have the phrase pre-pandemic. So think about the global church attendance pre-pandemic and then post most countries' hard lockdowns and then opening up again together, the average for global church attendance is now 40% of what it was pre-COVID, this thing that has rocked the world has rocked the church in a very, very powerful way. But I'm going to just uh, encourage us from a couple of passages of Scripture. Now, we're going to cover three passages of Scripture, and I just want to say this up front. There's a lot that I'm going to leave out on these passages, and I just can't do uh, unpack everything in all of them, but you're going to see the thread that I'm going to pull out from all of them, which is going to really encourage us and build for us Hopefully, a fantastic view of what this thing is called church, and then how to lean in into that. So if you're taking notes, you're writing things down, the first passage that we're going to dive into this morning is Matthew 16, verses 13 
to 18. So Matthew 16, 13 to 18. And this is uh, just some stuff that Jesus is dealing with his disciples. And here's what it says. So when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I will tell you, Uh, that you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. So I I must confess some stuff to you. I love this passage for a number of reasons, and I'm very quickly going to go through why I love this passage. Jesus is talking about the church. He says to Peter, uh, I will build my church. He says the word church, but if you know the timeline here, this is just Jesus and the disciples. Jesus hasn't died yet. He's not risen. He's not ascended. The Holy Spirit hasn't come yet. Pentecost, uh, where we sometimes talk about the, maybe the birth or the start of the church, it hasn't happened yet. There's no shape. There's no form. Uh, there's been no instruction about gathering, yet Jesus talks about the church. And so what I love about this is the church is something so much more than what we think about on a Sunday. The church is something that is central to Jesus. Jesus is talking about something that wasn't an accident when a few believers were gathered in one room in Jerusalem that the Holy Spirit descended upon. Jesus always knew what the church was going to be and that it was going to exist. It is something that is completely central to Jesus. And it's something so much more significant than what we are doing right now here and now, because around the world, there are so many people that are gathering and celebrating and worshiping the name of Jesus, some in places where if they are caught, their lives end immediately. There is something so much more significant to the word church. And I get to sleep well at night because Jesus says, I will build my church. And I do a lot in the week, but one of the things I don't do is build the church because I don't compete with Jesus. And I make it a point to not compete with him because he does a much better job than what I could ever do. And I sleep well because my risen Savior is the one who is growing and shaping this thing that has spanned so far over 2,000 years. And notice where the position of the church is. Jesus describes it as being at the gates of hell, and they will not overcome the church. Uh, The church is not on the defensive. The church is on the offensive. The church has arrived at the gates of hell and nothing can overcome the church. Think about what the world has thrown at believers. And yet here we are. Think about the time span from uh, the ascension of Jesus to today, what has happened in the world, yet here we are. And so no government, no sickness, nothing can disrupt this thing called the church because when we see in the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, when a picture is seen of heaven, there are people from every nation, tribe, and language who are there worshiping Jesus. This thing called the church has the victory because Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And when he returns, every knee bows to worship him. 
And so this thing that we are involved in, this thing called church, is so much more significant than maybe the shape or form and time slot that it takes. It is something that goes on for eternity and was birthed with Jesus. Now, I want to lean into that. See, I want to be part of something that spans eternity. I can't wait to be there with the multitudes. I can't wait to meet some brothers and sisters who are worshiping in secret, who can't publicly come out for the sake of their lives and their family's life. So first point for you to really just digest this morning, and I want you to lean into this. Church is not a building. Church has never been a building. I know we're really unhelpful with our language where we say church starts at 9.30 and register for church and book for church. And we've just wrongly, and I do it too, but this is the venue that the church meets at, right? I am the church. You are the church. Church has nothing to do with the time slots, um, a speaker you enjoy, or, you know, the style of worship. None of that is what defines church. It's people who love Jesus. And I want us to lean into that. Right, next passage, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 16. Again, a lot going on in this passage, but it's so helpful for us. This is the Apostle Paul, wrote most of the New Testament. He's writing a letter to one of the churches that he had a hand in starting. And so we're jumping into the middle of a letter that he wrote, but this is what he writes, Ephesians 4 from verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, uh, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Now, can you see some of the thread that is in this uh, passage? So Jesus used the word church, but then as this unfolds through the New Testament, a phrase that comes in is this thing called the body of Christ. And so when we come to faith in Jesus, if you are a Christian, you have given your life to him, then you are part of this thing. You enter into this thing called the body of Christ. And this is this incredible language. And so the whole thing of this body of Christ is people being equipped so that the body of Christ may be built up. And the point at the end of the day, and I love the phrase that is used uh, in, in verse 13, so that we would attain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Isn't that just incredible? If you think, what's the point of church? The point of church is so that people can be built up in their faith 
to reach this point where they were attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I want all of Jesus. I want to experience all that he has for me. I want to experience his love for me more and more and more. I want to know him. I want to know the fullness of him. And I love the whole measure. And in my mind, like I think like a measuring jug that's full. I don't want just a little pour out of that. I want all of it. And here, Scripture's telling me that because I'm in the body of Christ, I'm in something that if I'm built up, if I get mature, uh, being part of that, the end goal is I'm going to attain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I want to lean into that. I want to experience that. And I, and I hope you want to experience that too. See, this is massive for me. I want to experience the fullness of Jesus, all that he has to offer. And so again, church isn't just about a style of worship and a good speaker and a convenient time slot and nice coffee. Those things are good. Those aren't evil things and we work hard at, at making that available. But when you think church, what you're thinking is me being a follower of Jesus Christ, central to him, being involved in something that is going to see me mature and attain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's what we're a part of. And I want to lean into that. We recently measured our children. We do that thing where we've got uh, a door frame where we mark off every few months. And uh, in the last month, my son grew two centimeters and my daughter grew a whole centimeter. And I just love uh, thinking about how we physically grow. And again, part of this thing called the church is to see us grow. It's using the language of a body. Ligaments, muscles, holding together, growing, no longer infants, being mature. There was a time in my life when physically I couldn't do anything. I was a literal baby. But then I grew and I grew and I got stronger and muscles developed, ligaments grew. I could run, I could catch, I could do things as my body became more and more mature. And while it stopped growing this way, it's still growing, unfortunately, in other ways. But there was also a time in my life when I was a baby Christian. There was a time in my life where I was not a believer and then I was introduced to Jesus Christ and I surrendered my life to him and became a follower of him and I became part of this thing called church and here I am today. And there has been a process of maturing in my own life where I knew very little about Jesus. I didn't know how to pray. I couldn't read my Bible, but over some time, I matured because there were other people who were doing their parts, who loved me, who built me up, who taught me the Bible, taught me how to pray, taught me how to read, told me that I have a role to play in this thing called the body of Christ, equipped me to do that, released me to do that. And again, I'm so grateful for that because if it wasn't for the church, I would not be on the stage sharing with you this morning. But now there is no such thing as the perfect church. I really hate to break that to you. I'm sorry if that has shattered your life. This church, we love very much. But Riverside Community Church is not perfect. 
There is no such thing as a perfect church. If you find it, you will ruin it. Because we ourselves still maturing in our faith and Jesus has not returned yet. When he does return, he's coming for his perfect bride. But because he has not returned, there will never be a perfect church. And if you're looking for the perfect church, you're not going to find it. If you're looking for something you can get out of it, you're asking the wrong questions, especially if you are a follower of Jesus. And um, all right, I, I have prepared to say this, so just come hate me afterwards. Church is not about you. Okay? Happy uh, 2022, everybody, but church is not about you. If you leave church and you say to your spouse, oh, I didn't get anything out of worship this morning, or, oh, you know, they didn't sing my, my favorite song. I'm a bit disappointed by how... There's something wrong with the band this morning. What's up with that drummer? You know, it's just because everybody gives the drummer a hard time, but we love our drummers very much. You know, what, what was up with, you know, and, 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 and when you're saying things like that, or oh, I was really hoping it was Steve this morning, you know, or, you know, oh, Craig, I enjoy Craig far more. When's he going to? The moment we start to think like that, we've missed the whole point of what church is. Because the point of church is not for my enjoyment, but for my maturity. And the whole point of church is so that I am built up to attain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's the point of church. Right? I enter into the body of Christ on becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. He is the head. We form the body. Every single one of us. We don't actually have a choice in the matter. If you love Jesus, you surrendered your life to Jesus, you form part of this thing called the church, which is going to go on to all eternity. And yes, it is about us because we're part of the church, but it's also not about us and how we like it and, and what we enjoy. But am I being built up? But yet we do find ourselves in the south of Johannesburg on the 9th of January, 2022, and we have a local expression of this thing called church. And so what we try to do here at Riverside is be completely obedient to the commands of Jesus Christ, to see everybody, and there it is, rooted in Christ, connected in community, serving because all of us have a role to play in church and then reaching out into the community. For us, try to hear what I'm saying here, not, not what I'm saying. Churches try to figure out what it means to be right. We just really try to figure out what it means to be obedient to what Scripture says because there's no right way to do worship. There's no right way to do you know, we don't have that prescriptive stuff in Scripture. You're never going to read how to do worship and, and how you must do a Sunday service, how long it must be, how short. You can't find that stuff anywhere. It's going to be about how you take the commands of Christ and be obedient to live them out in the context that you find yourself in. So people are being built up and reaching maturity and so that everybody is experiencing the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So if you want to know what Riverside is about, that's what we're about. That's what we try to do every single day. And I want us to lean into that more. Our last passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 from verse 27, because 
when we are part of the body, every single part of the body does something to build the body up. No part of the body can, can exist without the other parts. And so now you are the body of Christ, reading from verse 27, right? You don't have a choice. If you love Jesus, you are now part of the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, the apostles, prophets, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, of different kinds of tongues. And again, are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Do all do miracles? No. Do all have the gifts of healing? No. Do all speak in tongues? No. Do all interpret? And what this passage is going on about is building off of the last passage we read, each person in the body has a part to play. And when everybody does its part, the whole body works together to reach maturity. Should be an image of some scaffolding around a building. See, the church is not perfect. The church can't be perfect. It will be perfect when Jesus returns. But until then, the church is under construction. It's being built up. And as each one of us does our part, the church is built up. People reach maturity. To be a follower of Jesus Christ is to be in body It's to be part of the body, and Jesus equips us to be part of the body. Every single one of us, through the empowering of the Holy Spirit, has a role to play in this thing called church to see everybody built up and reach maturity. And so, this is the encouragement. In 2022, I want you to lean into this. And so when I say lean into church, you leaning into this thing that is central to Jesus, that is going to last for all eternity, that is going to be perfect when Jesus Christ returns and makes all things new. But between today and that moment, I have a part to play in seeing the church being built up. And if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you have a role to play in that too. And so my question is, in 2022, are you going to lean into that? Another way of saying lean in, are you going to take the next step into what that looks like for you? That group Barna that I mentioned, they did a, a massive global survey to try and figure out what does regular church attendance look like? And do you know that that stat found that regular church attendance, for somebody who says, I'm a Christian and I regularly go to church, that's one in every eight weeks across the globe. Crazy. So here's some ways that you can potentially lean in to this thing called church. Maybe you, I'm just going to speak to you guys that are online. Maybe you have only been a part of us online. And maybe what leaning in could look like for you is moving from online to in person and risking that. I know some of you are online in all parts of the world and you're not part of a local gathering of believers where you are. Maybe that's what the step is for you to find a physical gathering. Again, I don't underestimate the value of small gains. And maybe leaning in for you is moving from holiday services, Christmas, Easter, 
you, you know, those kind of times to one in six weeks, one in four weeks, to maybe going one in two weeks. Maybe it's going, you know what? I am going to make gathering with Christians my primary value. And so that takes the place of all other, ga- uh, all other gatherings. I don't do social engagements on a Sunday. I am going to uh, take the time that is available to me to gather with believers for their strengthening and my strengthening, their encouragement, my encouragement, and I'm going to make that a priority. Maybe it's joining a team that is involved in making discipleship and growth and church happen. Music, logistics, hospitality, discipleship of our children, teenagers, young adults, and adults. There's so much that goes on. And maybe here's a quick question and to evaluate yourself is, am I doing my part? Simple question. Am I involved in the body of Christ and am I doing my part? What about the poor around us? Are we reaching out in truth and love to the millions of people in Joburg who have never heard the gospel? Maybe serving the poor because 70% of Johannesburg live in informal communities. Maybe you're going to lean in and to think, okay, well, I don't go to church. I am the church. So I'm going to try and figure out what church looks like for me tomorrow when I get to work. And maybe on Wednesday when I have that big meeting or with my family at home at the dinner table, what does church look like there? How am I living out being the body of Christ wherever I am? But I want to encourage you. The single church is magnificent. Jesus as his head, us the body. And what he is doing, what he is building is so much bigger than what we are doing right here, right now. It's across the globe. It has the victory. It's going to reach every nation. It's going to reach every tribe. It's going to reach every people group. And they're going to be present worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's what we're a part of. But I'm invited into that body of Christ and I get to play a role in seeing it built up to reach maturity so that everybody a part of it gets to experience the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And if all of us lean into that, think about what that means for people in their own maturity, in their own walk with the Lord. We have a responsibility to every other person who calls himself a Christian to see their maturity happen. And when I play my part, that is the result. And I want to encourage you to really think through and pray through with this year, what does it mean for me to lean into church? Jesus, I want to thank you and worship you, the head of the church, the head of the body. Jesus, what you did when you died on the cross in our place for our sins as you reconciled us to the Father, as you defeated our greatest enemies, and you brought us into your family as children, and we get to call you our Father, you brought us into yourself, into this thing called the body of Christ, where we are being strengthened and matured and getting to know the whole measure of you. God, thank you for every single person in this church who is doing their part, who regardless of circumstances and disruptions have stayed serving you faithfully, God, we just honor you for them. But God, through your encouragement and your Holy Spirit, why don't you help 
all of us to think through the next step, what that means for us in leaning into you, into your church, so that we could all do our part to see everyone matured and reaching and attaining the full measure of you. And I'm so grateful that you build your church and nothing will prevail against it. That in you is the victory. And on your return, every single knee bows because you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus, you build your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against us. And we worship you for that. Thank you that we are a part of that. In your incredible name, amen.